When you've had a long week and want to mix it up with something new and interesting to eat, try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plans with those hard to find ingredients sure to spice up your weekend. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. to the Direct-to-Video Connoisseur Podcast uh, with me and Jamie. How are you doing tonight, Jamie? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Excellent. I want to wish you a belated happy birthday. Thank you. Excellent. Now, you had your um, radio show last night, your birthday celebration. Uh, How did that go? It was a lot of fun. I did all songs from 1974 because Mm -hmm. that was the year that I was born and uh, the show is called A Podcaster Looks at 40 which was a take on the Jimmy Buffett song A Pirate Looks at 40 Mm -hmm. and it was a blast it was a really fun way to celebrate my birthday I was really lucky to have that live show fall on my actual birthday so it was I was able to celebrate it with all of my listener friends Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, Jen wanted me to also extend a happy birthday to you as well, so she said happy birthday too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. Well, in speaking of Jen, today actually is an anniversary for us. Um, This time a year ago, this day a year ago, I uh, flew down to Philadelphia and met her for the first time. Oh, congratulations. uh, Thank you, yeah. You know that reminds me. I, I was so excited to talk to you about this because of the conversation that we had on uh, I guess that was the show before last where we were talking about um, people meeting online or was that last week uh, two weeks ago it was it was the oh. it was the wolf one I think or maybe maybe it was last week I think it was last week yes I it, don't know but anyway yeah. <laughs> we had that conversation and there is a new show a brand new show it's a reality show called um, love prison mm-hmm. oh, I've heard of that where they take two people that are dating online and they've never met in real life and they throw them on this little into a house for a week mm-hmm. and they're only allowed to they have no modern conveniences no i mean well no cell phones no tv no music no anything like that nothing electronic and they're only allowed to be outside for an hour at a time during the, for one hour during the day each mm-hmm. day and the rest of the time they're sort of trapped in this cabin together and they had, they're forced to get to know each other. And so then they sort of throw things at them, too, like video clips of them saying things right. that, that are going to stir up trouble is basically what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And to see if these people will discover whether or not they really belong with one another. 
Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious considering we had just had that conversation about <laughs> yes. how people these days are meeting online. You know, what amazes me, though, is that I have actually watched this show. I've watched the first two episodes mm -hmm. just to see what it's like. The first one, these people had been dating online for six months, so that's not a big deal. Right. But this, the second episode, these people have been dating online for two years. Mm. Two years and have never met one another wow. and have never done video chat or anything. So they're seeing they, each other other than they, pictures, maybe. They've only seen pictures. Wow. And they've talked on the phone. Like, how do you do that for two Two years, yeah. You know? Yeah. I just—it's—it's it's never, and I've met a lot of people online, you know, over the years, and and then met them in real life, and I don't think I ever could have managed to wait two years and then not be, um, not only had they not met each other, but it wasn't—they weren't committed or anything. Well, the guy was committed; he hadn't been seeing any other women, but the woman, it turns out, had been seeing a lot oh, of other of guys. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one one of them has to, right? So, um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, just and but what I find funny is that I'm watching this show and I'm God, these people don't know how to do it. Yeah, like they're doing it wrong, you know, because they get to they get to meet one another and they end up uh, both times it has not turned out so well, and they just they don't really know one another and they don't right. know how to interact with one another and they're really nervous around one another and that has mm -hmm. never been the case for me. I mean, by the time I meet someone in person that mm -hmm. that I've been with long distance that uh, that part is over i mean like that part is not an issue yeah and i always just keep keep picturing i wish this show had been around <laughs> um you know back in the day just because it would have saved me some money in <laughs> in, in travel expenses mm -hmm. getting to meet someone but um i'm like God, they don't they are doing it all wrong <laughs> they don't know anything about the other person how does that even happen after two years yeah i saw that uh they had a clip of that on the soup um there was a guy with a ponytail who was kind of crazy um, that was yeah. That was the first episode. That's that was cool. yeah. And so he was, and we were just kind of like, oh god, this is not. You know, like he was like, like, going up against the uh, the frosted glass of the bathroom while the woman was in there using the bathroom, and he's like, can you see my nipples and all that stuff? And you know, yeah, that, he was a he was a lot to take in. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was a little like, woo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We we um we had our first meeting um at Old City, or we met at the airport, of course. But then um yeah, we weren't um. Fortunately, we were able to go outside. Um, the the Wyndham Hotel in Philadelphia did not keep us in a prison. Um, that worked out better That's for us. Nice of them. Yeah, and I think the cameras too. I think not having the cameras that could be, add to, add some stress too to the first meeting. I guess that's you know that is true. Yeah. Um, but it just it's not like they have cameras in their face. Right. Your typical reality show. These are just hidden cameras around the house. Oh, so you okay. Can, after a while, you could just sort of forget that they're there and go about your business right i would think i don't know yeah we um, yeah we, we don't know about all the cameras that are shooting us but right yeah. yeah um but they just don't seem to really know how to interact with one another mm -hmm. and i'm just that is not something i've ever you know had an issue with do you, do you think they screen for people that don't know how to interact to make Probably. the tv better I'm sure yeah. they, yeah, I'm sure they probably pick the, the ones yes. that they think are likely going to not make it, <laughs> to make it right. more interesting. Yeah. They're like, oh, these people, they're just crazy. Let's put them on the show. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Because, I, you know, it, it, you're right about that. Like, you know, I mean, Catfish has people that have gone even more than two years without meeting each other. Um, and, of course, it turns out be that's because one of them is catfishing the other. 
But, um, you know, it is. It's an interesting thing when you think about going that long. And I know Jen and I talked about how lucky we were that we lived relatively close. I mean, I was flying out of the Boston airport, which is like an hour flight to Philadelphia. So, you know, that wasn't bad for either of us going, you know, either way, you know. Yeah, flight-wise, um, when I was with Patrick, it was only about an hour and a half flight-wise, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then it's just, but distance is, is was pretty great. Like, driving distance was a lot right. different because he was in New York and I was in Georgia, but when we, by the time you got on the plane, it was really only like an hour and a half on the plane to get there, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But, I mean, and I understand, you know, we didn't get to see each other that often. It was really only a week at a time, twice a year, mm-hmm. you know, but it was... It didn't take that long for us to decide. Like we either have to, because you can't really move forward until you do the meet in person. Yes. You know, because you just don't know. Like, do you want to? I don't. I just don't see myself spending two years before I decide that I'm finally going to meet this person. Because otherwise, what are you? What What are you holding out for? I mean, this guy who has not been with any other woman in two years. Yes. While he's been courting this woman online. You know, that's a long time to put your life on hold and not know if it's going to work out. And incidentally, it did not work out. Right. It worked out. It, this one in particular yes. worked out very poorly. Yeah. And um, I think it was all her fault. I mean, she was just kind of ridiculous. But <laughs> the um, he seemed like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. But the upside of this is he probably, since this show aired, has gotten a huge response because yeah. he's just a really nice guy. And so I imagine that he's probably gotten... Uh, women like crawling out of the woodwork all over him now so good for him um (laughs) exactly (laughs) i just don't see putting my life on hold for two years yeah you know before you know if it's going to work with someone because that just seems a little bit insane you know (laughs) yeah you know know. jen and i were talking about that too because you know we're, we're both you know also you know uh kind of of the same age we're all kind of the same age and um you know we were saying how younger the younger generation they seem to be more equipped to just have conversations over the internet or have um, relationships over the internet, whereas I think people our age, um, we're not as used to that. We, we came of age before all of these things came out, and so for us, even though we don't mind meeting people on the internet, we feel like there's there's got to be, if, if it's going to be a romantic relationship especially, um, you've got to find a way to get together. Yeah, there has to be more to it than that, you yeah. know. And, of course, you're right. I mean, we came up during a time when you didn't meet people if you didn't meet them face-to-face. Right. That was just that, those were the people that you knew. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you could have pen pals or whatever, but that's not the right. same thing. Like, you didn't – you just – you the people that you were in your circle of friends, the people that were the, the important ones in your life, the people that you – truly cared about those were the ones that were in your face and or at a a reasonable distance and so i mean i think you're right it's it's probably a generational thing but i just don't see having that kind of patience to well (laughs) the first episode the one with the crazy guy Mm -hmm. they were in their 40s oh well she was 30 39 and he was 43 42 or 43 wow so um but they like i said they had only six months six months yeah not bad I was going to say, my anthropology skills were just thrown out the window there, right, Mr. Cultural Anthropology? <laughs> no, I mean, Boom, you're right. right. six no. months, and then they, you know, they went ahead and, and did the, the meet. And so um, just the two years, I was like, whoa, two years. Yeah, they must have <laughs> known. They must have known. Well, to segue here, speaking of two years, the, the film we're going to talk about tonight, Shooter, 
uh, though it was two hours long, felt like it was about two years. Uh, is that am I exaggerating, or what do you think? No, you're not. <laughs> and I want to make a public apology for you. I know how you feel about your 90-minute rule. And I, when I recommended this film, I had no idea about the runtime. I'm not used to action films taking <laughs> this long, and yes. so I didn't expect it. And then when I was, I did, still didn't even discover it until I was watching the film, and I thought. So it was when is this going to end? Like, yeah. how long is this damn movie? And then I was, I looked at the runtime. I was like, Ooh. the first thing I said to myself was, I am so sorry, Matt. Well, no, no, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to you, um, Jamie, Ambushed, which took about, I don't know, like maybe a half hour, it was a little half hour shorter, felt like it was a good hour and a half longer than Shooter. So I still think Ambushed has the, um, holds the, 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 the distinction of being the absolute worst and the the hardest sit of all the films we we've looked at so far. That's true, and I'm glad yeah. you're willing to take the bullet on that. One. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. <laughs> well, one thing this did have is an amazing cast. It had a great cast. Yes, I mean we have not only do we have Mark Wahlberg from Dorchester, who uh, had a ponytail in the first scene, which was really exciting to see. I love seeing Mark Wahlberg with a ponytail. Um, we had Mark Wahlberg. We had D- Danny Glover, who was in. For my money, one of the best sequels of all time, Predator 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. We had uh, Ned Beatty, who was not made to squeal like a pig. Um, he was more like his character from uh, the Rockford Files episode that he was on. Um, who else? Oh, we Nice callback. Did you I like that? Files. Yeah, he was great. He played like some kind of tough guy. For a while. Was it the Rockford Files? Oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> huge fan. Huge fan of that show. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. We. Yes. Elias Cateas, that's what I, yeah, Jen was talking about him from an episode of uh, um, The Sopranos, and of course, I, I loved him in Crash, but yeah, he was... I mean, he's been working forever, yeah. I mean, he was in uh, some kind of wonderful... Uh, that was on last night! Um, was it really? <laughs> yes! What a coincidence this week. <laughs> yes! That happens a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Kate Mara. Yep, Kate Mara, who I thought was a poor man's... Um, Anna Kendrick, but I wasn't sure if maybe she has a uh, a darling Twitter account too, where she posts darling tweets that kids love and post on Tumblr. I like don't Anna know because you know how I am with Tumblr. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I know. Like Anna Kendrick, she's she's from Portland, Maine, so I can't get on her too much. Um, you know, the few Mainers that are in show business, I have to, you know, give them a good fist pump. But um, yes, she she posts these like darling little tweets and. Like, the Tumblr kids just eat that up. They just, like, post it between shots of pumpkin spice lattes next, you know, among colored leaves and, and wooden tables and, you know, all the other stuff the kids love, you know. <laughs> yes, kids love wooden tables. They do. They love coffee on wooden tables. I don't know why. I have no clue. I've been. I've not figured this out, but they love that. I'm, I'm not kidding you about this. They, if, if anybody else uh, listening to this, you watch Tumblr, or you, you, go, you, you go through Tumblr, you know, for anything, whatever. And maybe I'm just following the wrong people. Jen would probably say that that's true. Um, but um, we just see a lot of coffee cups. Coffee mugs on wood, you know, Starbucks, pumpkin spice lattes on wood. I, you know, it's just, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so we had we had her, Kate Mara. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan, yes. Yeah. Justin Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, people just kept popping up. Oh, yeah. Rona Mitra. Rona Mitra, who was in a film I reviewed once, Beowulf, with Christopher Lambert. Yeah, she has a thing about wolves, I guess, because she was also in Skinwalkers That's and right. uh, the under the uh, un, 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 un what do you call it? The Underworld. 
Underworld. Yes. Did you say underwear? Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, yes. I was trying to say anything but what I was supposed to be saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She that... may have been in her underwear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Somebody, yep, Ryan just said never got into Tumblr. Don't. I mean, I Tumblr, I can't be too bad about Tumblr because first, Jen. You know, I, I found Jen through Tumblr. And, you know, second, there are some really great ones, some real great tumblers out there. But, you know, you, you got to sift through a lot of shots of coffee cups on wood. On wooden tables. On yeah. wooden tables. you got to, you know. Mm. So what were your thoughts? Other than, you know, we, we knew it was long, but what, what were some things about the film for you that didn't work? Uh, there's a lot going on mm -hmm. in this film. I, I felt like it... Okay, you know that we've talked about this a lot when it comes to action films. Mm -hmm. that you have to be careful how much plot you right. want to insert into your action film, or it's going to detract from the action. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of plot yes. in this film. I mean, every time you turned around, it was just something. It would just go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I guess mm -hmm. maybe that's probably my fault that I wasn't expecting it to be that uh, that involved. I was, you know, I was expecting something a little more straightforward, but there was, you know, there were plots and, and oh. I mean, well, apart from plot, you know, there were, <laughs> there were conspiracies and, um, mm -hmm. and, um, assassinations and some, then you had issues with, I mean, lots of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so it was just, difficulty. oh, so essentially the parrot, the, the, the paradigm in this film is what I've always called the blood fist paradigm. Um. And the Blood Fist series, essentially the first two films are your classic um, uh, martial arts tournament films. Actually, number two almost is a direct ripoff of Enter the Dragon or homage, whatever you want to call it. And then part three is a prison film. And then pretty much from four through eight, um, they're, they're all pretty much the same idea where Don the Dragon Wilson plays this guy. He could be ex-CIA, cop, uh, one of them he's a repo man, he could be anything. Um, who is framed for a bad crime. Um, and it can be as little as a murder, as huge as uh, stolen nuclear warheads or something like that. It's, it's, it could be anything. And he has to, it's him against the world, and he has to somehow fight his way through this and clear his name. And the difference between the Blood Fist movies and this is that, one, there are plenty of really great fight scenes because, you know, Don the Dragon Wilson can fight. And usually the person making the film is a great fight choreographer. So every 10 to 15 minutes you get some guys in suits who are playing uh, FBI agents who like ransack a room and Don the Dragon Wilson stumbles upon them ransacking it and they fight. And he's got to beat the crap out of them and escape. Um, it, it, it sounds crass, but it works so much better than this movie, which this movie tries to pad the Blood Fist paradigm. Um, and make it into two hours and try to make it more sophisticated when it's just more bumbling and more talking and um, you know the the opening was so boring for me that whole him shooting picking off oh. uh, Somalis I, I started looking up Ethiopian restaurants in Philly because I was like oh Ethiopia I love Ethiopian food you know what are some places that I could go um, so that's how I spent the opening of the film you know well, interestingly the with the first because I actually had two tries watching this film and right. the, the very first time I did I got maybe two maybe three minutes into it mm -hmm. and I said uh, I'm not feeling this right now yeah you know? <laughs> and then I had to stop and put it away and then come back to it yeah in order to really and then I just had to force myself to to oh. sit through it and so um I, I totally get how what you mean when you say that the beginning was really boring because I just 
was like already I am in this film in the very beginning and I'm not really caring about what's happening no. <laughs> right here, you know. Right. And and it just gets worse. Like I, Jen and I, I talked to the to I mentioned this to Jen because she missed this part at the very beginning. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg's character, first off, he's kind of gross with his ponytail and his beard that he can't grow. Um, I don't know what that's about. Like, is he, he goes into the woods in Wyoming to kind of do this. Oh, Ryan said he fell asleep trying to watch that film twice. That's why I had to watch it early in the morning this morning. I had to get up early, get some coffee in my system, um, do some grades for my, my classes, and then jump in because that, I knew a nighttime showing I probably would have been out. Um, but... Um, but one of the things that I mentioned to Jen was that he has this dog. The dog seems to be a really great guy. And he just says to the dog, hey, you're going to be all right for a couple days, right? I mean, really? You're going to just... So I'm supposed to root for a guy who leaves his dog alone in the woods in Wyoming? Yeah, no, not happening. Oof. And Jen made a point that I think would have probably saved this film if perhaps the dog had gone out on his own and met some other dogs and they had some dog adventures. I would like to watch that movie. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Good on Jen. I want to yes, watch that. I was like, I, that's well, perfect. And what, if he, and what if he didn't come back? Which, I mean, I guess considering what he thought he was doing, yeah, he probably didn't see that as, uh, maybe he didn't see that as a possibility. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he had a neighbor right. who was exactly. going to come and take care of the dog while he was gone. Exactly. And so I'm just like that's kind of poor planning. Yeah. You know? And and you have to care about your animals more than that if you want me to care about you. Exactly. Exactly. I cannot have a throwaway dog. Um, you know, it's it, like you know we have two cats and um, you know they were five. You have five. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, our, our you know like my when my parents had cats, um, you know they they were kind of out indoor outdoor ones and they could do all right for a few days on their own. Um, if you just left the food out for them. Um, whereas these two cats that we have, they've been rehomed a couple times, so you, you don't want to leave them alone for too long. They get, you know, yeah. upset. But, you know, a dog, you can't really leave for more than a day, you know? You really can't leave for a day, really, you know? You've got to be home in time to let it, you know, and I guess out in Wyoming, maybe you could leave it outside or something? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It just, and it, maybe we're focusing too much on the dog. I don't know. But it, it, but that's the kind of thing that sticks out to me, too, so I totally don't blame you for that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, so you're already off. You're already off of Mark Wahlberg yeah. because he left his dog, and you're like, "Girl, I don't like you anymore." Exactly. So I hope you get free. Yeah, I, here I am with like <laughs> this huge chunk of no action, and the first little bit of anything I get is the dog being left behind, and I'm like, "Whoa, hey, you know, that's you know, that's already bad. That's just you know, it's not working for me." <laughs> so yes, and so you know, then we just uh, you know, like. Like you, I, I, even though you know, with Netflix, obviously, I can constantly check to see how much time I've got left. But you could just tell when, when the first plot point happens, which we know is going to happen. We know he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be set up for this crime. Um, when that first plot point happens, you just look at it and you're like, "Geez, we got a good like, you know, hour, hour and twenty minutes left, and we've got a yes. yeah." <laughs> and it's like, man, there's a lot of conspiracy that needs to be unpacked here. And, and I don't know how they're going to do this in any simple way that's going to keep any level of action in this film. No, and then they bring, they bring Kate Mara in, who – then that's a whole nother yeah. thing. And, and yeah. <laughs> we didn't really need all of that. No, <laughs> we no. could have made this a lot simpler. Yeah. If, uh, because when we, hit that, when we hit that point, when he is, like, running from the – like, he's – when he gets – at the point where he gets injured mm -hmm. and he's, like, on the run. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to wrap this up mm -hmm. in like 
20 minutes. It should, know? yes. <laughs> and then I look at, that's exactly when I looked at the time, and mm -hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, because that's the what thing. What else can happen? Well, exactly. That's the thing with the Blood Fist movies is that when you look at it, and you're like, oh, man, there's a lot of conspiracy to unpack. You can look at the runtime and say, well, you know, yeah, maybe there's a lot of conspiracy to unpack, but we've only got 45 minutes left, you know, and, and we know of that 45, a good 20 is going to be taken up with various good fight scenes, you know, um, and so so that's what we get, whereas here, I'm like, what are you going to do? What what can you possibly do for, you know, I don't know if I can handle all of what you're about to do here, and um, and it was it was as bad as we could imagine, like the ending, it had, um, I, I don't know if you ever played uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 for... for the Nintendo. So nin the thing I remember about Ninja Gaiden 2, and I've always talked about movies having what I call the Ninja Gaiden 2 ending, where um, it, it felt like you couldn't win Ninja Gaiden 2 because they just kept tacking on, the like the baddie, like the end baddie, would like morph himself into another end baddie, and then another one. And so you had to fight like three or four end baddies at the end. And this is the same thing where I kept thinking like, okay, I'm done. No, I'm not done. Okay, I'm done. No, 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 now I'm... No, you're not done. You yeah. Get, you, you know, you got like... 25 more minutes of Capaeus oh. and Danny Glover riding around in a car. Yes. You know? <laughs> oh, my. And then what was that whole scene in, like, the? it wasn't a courtroom. It was some kind of, you know, where, because Mark Wahlberg allows himself to be arrested. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, oh, you know, oh, he could do a year in prison in a federal prison at, for attempting to kill the president. That's going to be an easy sentence for him to handle. No big deal. And he's going to be willing to just take that time when he knows he's innocent. Because, you know, why not? It's going to be easy. And they'll let him go just as easily as that when he shows that he, what, you know, I don't know, messed with his guns or something. I don't know. It was just... The firing The pins. firing pins. It just stop, you know? Just cut the film off. Go to the credits. You know, we're, we're how fine. How many locations did we need? I mean, we were all over the place. We, we went, you know, we oh. went from, like, was it Philadelphia? We, yeah, was we, we started. It? Well, we started... Well, if, well, we start, well, yeah, we start. <laughs> well, forget about Ethiopia. We'll go just within the United States. We were in Wyoming, um, which I don't know. If you, have you ever been to Wyoming before? No, I haven't. I went there once. Uh, when I was in Colorado, we just popped up I-25 and uh, crossed the border into Cheyenne because um, we, we, we were, like, really late. We went to Rocky Mountain National Park and uh, didn't have a lot of time left. So we just went across the border, stopped at the uh, the visitor center, and a truck stop to get souvenirs, and then a McDonald's to grab a bite to eat, and then pop right back over to Denver. So that's my trip to Wyoming. That's my time that I spent probably in Wyoming. Probably the way to do it. Yep, I, I think, think so. You, saw, you probably saw everything there was to see. Drink coffee every morning out of my <laughs> Wyoming mug that I got there. A couple mountain lions on the... So, so, so we did that. We did, we did Baltimore um, for a minute. Just, just long enough to see John Waters. Or not, actually. I'm sorry. No, John Waters is not in this movie. Don't watch this movie thinking you're going to see John Waters. I don't want to do that to anybody. But um, Baltimore, D.C., then now we're in Philly, which um, I recognized a lot of Philly. And then Jen was able to, you know, because she grew up here, she was able to be my tour guide and, and tell us a few more places that were in the area. So that was nice. Um, as you can imagine, the chase scene um, didn't make any sense. It was in streets that made no sense. They just right, shot it they, up. They wouldn't actually connect. Right. It was just random. And I hate when they, you know what? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it really bothers me when movies do that. And mm -hmm. it's like they like to pretend that no one who actually lives there is going to watch this movie. Right, right. Like I understand that people who live in California and grew up there and spent all their time there may not realize that when you're, you're 
driving through the streets of Philly, that that yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's right. not going to mean anything to you. I get that. Yeah. But there are people who live in Philadelphia who are going to watch that movie that takes place in Philadelphia. Yeah. And they're going to notice that this shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. I was trying to remember where she told me um, that where, where they were, Danny Glover and all of them were, where they were supposed to say that Mark Wahlberg had shot the pre- or shot at the president on the Independence Mall area, which is where the Liberty Bell is and all that jazz. Um, really great place. So even tourists will know what, know about that. They'll know where that area is. Yeah. Now the area where the, he, she was saying that she thinks it was shot was um a few um they the, they have the Market Frankfurt L, which is kind of the it's an elevated train that goes underneath. It's, it turns into a subway when it hits the city and then pops back up. Um, so you notice the guy that Michael Pena was underneath the uh, the L line there. Um, she was saying she thinks that could be anything from Kensington to Frankfurt, which would put that probably I don't know how many miles away um, from where <laughs> from where the president was supposed to be. But um, I don't know how how well snipers do from miles away. I don't know. Probably not that well. Yes. Even if, you, even if they're as good as him. Right. Um, but you know, I like to I like to refer to Sleepaway Camp three mm-hmm. whenever we're talking about this sort of thing because sleepaway camp three was supposed to the beginning of that film was supposed to take place in new york city mm-hmm. new york city which is a place that is known by people worldwide yes. even if you've never been there you know yes. what new york city looks like mm-hmm. so in order to try to cover that up they're like well we'll just show you an alleyway and a garbage truck and oh here's a city bus right the it was actually filmed in atlanta the city bus was a Marta bus. Oh, if nice. If you know anything about Atlanta oh. or New York, yes. you're, you're covered because you know that Marta's in Atlanta and you know that, that New York has the MTA. Mm-hmm. They just screwed themselves hugely for millions of people. Oh, you know, man. And that's just two states. So anyone who has any knowledge of those two states that live outside of those two states, they're going to know that too. Yeah. And it always bothers me because I'm like, that's a fucking Marta bus. Yeah. That's not, that's not New York. How hard is it to get an establishing shot of New York City? Like, you know what? I'm sure that there are there are stock footage oh, of yeah. New York City buses yeah. all over the place. Oh, Just I, pick something. I can Go imagine. Go on the damn internet. Okay, back then they didn't have the internet. They didn't but You didn't that, need it. You didn't. I mean, you know, you know the MTV Moon Man was was stock footage they just they all they they had no money when they started MTV so they just grabbed the moon landing and suddenly that turned into the moon men that we know MTV for that's all it takes you know it's all public you know they didn't have the internet they found the the moon landing vid- footage yeah and seeing people are going to be like yeah you're too hung up on that well you know if you're making a movie that's supposed to take place where I live yes it's got to make some sense it's it can't be that silly you know you you can't i mean the, the road that they were talking about, um, he at one point I hear a police dispatch guy say, oh, he's on Columbus and Market. I, I've actually driven on Columbus. Or I'm not driven. I've taken a cab. Jen and I were in a cab um, on Columbus and Market driving me to uh, the bus station the last time I visited her before uh, we moved in together. So I knew that road, and I was like, that's not the road. That's not the one that I was on, you know? And what do they do? What do they? How stupid do they think people are? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, ah, eh, nobody will notice. Yeah. You know, but and what in, what happens in reality is that it pulls me out. Yeah. Because then I start thinking about all the things that they're doing wrong, and that yeah. just pulls me out of it. Well, and this but, movie gave you a lot of time to think about what they were doing wrong. Yeah, they did because you didn't have anything else to do. There's a lot of you know. There are a lot and of. Then st- we go from that we have even more. That's not we're not done. Right. We go we're to New Jersey. Settings yet? Yeah. We know? go. On, he he takes the barge over to Camden. So now he's in New Jersey. He's in Camden, New Jersey, and then I don't know where the um the woman is that he that runs the hardware store. Is she in New Jersey as well? Ooh, 
I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember that one. He goes to a hardware store because we, we do not have enough scenes of Mark Wahlberg dressing his wounds. <laughs> we do not have... He just cannot tend to his wounds enough. Um, we, we get the... What does he use? A bicycle pump and needle to uh, uh, give himself a saline drip? I mean... Like, this movie, if this movie cared as much about the action as it did about the self, uh, what, do, what do we call it, self, I don't want to say self-medicating, because that means he was drinking. Uh, what's the term that we want for this? Is, uh, you know, self-doctor? I don't know. But, it, they, I mean, we, you know, I always thought Rambo overdid it with that, you know. But this is just, I mean, I was waiting for him to just, like, uh, he did actually instruct her to, like, how to surgically remove the bullets, right, Kate yeah. Mara? Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, you know, just don't shoot him. How's that? Just don't <laughs> shoot him. <laughs> then we have the snow. Yeah. We, we're on the snowy mountain, which, by the way, I have to say, I do have to say that, mm. that this film was pretty. Yes. It was really pretty. I love the and, mountains, and yeah. It looked beautiful. The mountain scenes were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I love... <laughs> I love his snow camouflage. Yes, yes. It looked like he made it with his mom's mop. Yes, and... and, and <laughs> That so they, was pretty awesome. They made it looked like a Yeti coming at you. Well, he was a Yeti, but they made sure that they got a popular sports clothing brand logo <laughs> on one piece of the... So, so while it looked like he met, he put it together on his own, he did have a little help from a popular uh, sports sporting outfitter. But I was like, what is this, a Yeti in the yes, film? Yes, I know. Oh, no, that's Mark Wahlberg. Mark sorry. Wahlberg, yes. Uh, but he did take those, be- he did take those uh, beautiful sniping shots yes. from, like, Three miles away, yeah. um, uh, where he took off Kateas's arm, which I thought yes. was actually a pretty cool scene. That um, was good. That was really nice. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so the the effects I think were were successful. But then from there we go to this. We got the cabin. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, God, how many places do yeah. we need to be? And yeah. I swear that's the same cabin from <laughs> from the. Travolta movie that we just watched. And it might and I was, be. I kept, expecting, yeah. I kept expecting Travolta to be coming out with his accent and drinking Jaeger. Drinking Jaeger with, with Travolta. Yes. <laughs> He's going to sit down with Ned Beatty because Ned uh, Beatty's all there. Fuck you. Yeah, okay, oh my God. It, yeah, so maybe like Ned Beatty, he's like so hammered. He's thinking that Elias, he's thinking that De Niro is Elias Coteus, and he's getting him confused <laughs> with them. And that's, you know, I thought you died in the last scene there, you know? Uh, oh. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, while the film was pretty, I'll have to give them, and I believe yeah. those were actual explosions. Were those real explosions, or were that, was that yes. just really good CGI fire? No, 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 good explosions, but that brings me to another point. Um, there's a, a blog that uh, that I follow, Exploding Helicopter. He's a, I, I can't remember the, the, the man who runs it. He's, he's out of England, but he, um, he does a, a blog post on action movies where he d- describes the, uh, the exploding helicopters. And... Um, he would have been so upset because we had two potential heli- we had two helicopter explosions, both were obscured by the film. Um, the first one we kind of had a fade out before the helicopter explosion. Second one, uh, it it was just like napalm around it, right? Mm-hmm. So we had well we had some great explosions, especially of the buildings. The fact that they skimped out on the two helicopters was a little distressing for me. Well, I'm I'm sorry. For- <laughs> I am. I will give them points for actual explosions, though, just in general, because let me tell you. Yeah. I just watched The Protector 2. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? I haven't, no. You mentioned it was on Netflix. I haven't yeah, seen it, it yet. Yeah. Um, and you're a Tony Jaw fan. A little bit. Yeah, I, I haven't seen either of his movies. I, I haven't okay, seen The Protector um, either. 
So I need to. Basically, the <laughs> <laughs> he has an elephant. Mm -hmm. People keep stealing his elephant. That, that, oh. That's the whole point. Like, in the first movie, they steal his elephant, and then he has to go kick some ass. In the second movie, they steal his elephant, and he has to go kick some ass. And um, it's actually pretty – like, the fight scenes are really fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I really enjoy them. However, there's this one scene where he's in a room, and and this is in Protector 2, there where he's in a room, and the, <laughs> the entire room is on fire. Like, the walls – all the walls are flaming, and he – kicks his feet up against one of the walls, catches his shoes on fire, and then he comes back and has these really amazing fight scenes with flaming feet, mm. you know, which which sounds really good, mm -hmm. and it would look really good if the fire was real. Yeah. But the problem is the fire was all digital, and it looked so bad that you're just like, he's not in any real peril here. Why yeah. am I, why should I be excited? You know, oh. there's no fire. That's not really fire. Yeah. And so nothing... I hate digital fire. Yeah. I really do. It just, you know, people used to, people made a living out of setting themselves on fire. Yes. For film. And now it's just all those people are out of a job. I know. We all always. All those people who make Zell Gel, they're out of a job. They got, the <laughs> they got work in Shooter, though. They got work in Shooter. A lot of them got work in Shooter. They did. So, they did. So I give them props for that. You know, At least we had real fire. I know. I agree with you because that was always a joke when we watched, like, uh, 90s action films. Especially like the DTV ones where just out of nowhere you'd see a guy walking out of an area on fire and you'd be like, we paid for the flaming stuntman, we're going to use him, damn it, you know? And yeah, whether he needed to be exactly, doing yes. that or not, it's like, yes. look, we got him for another yeah. few minutes, so he's yeah. going to be on fire again. Yeah, it's like a Western, it's like a Western and suddenly somebody comes out of the saloon on fire, you know? <laughs> yes. Now, Ryan mentioned digital fire, and of course, one of the banes of, of your existence, uh, um, Jamie, the digital blood as well. Yes. Oof, I agree with you on that, too. I really can't. I mean, you know, blood is one of the cheapest... Or yes. No, you know, I scratched that. It is the cheapest yeah. thing to do effects-wise. You can... All it takes is some corn syrup yeah. and some food coloring. You can make it at home. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, there are... There have been advances in special effects blood, and there are some really amazing products out there that clot like they're supposed to, mm -hmm. that, you know, turn the right color, that have the right consistency. I mean, people have really been busting their asses to make believable special effects blood mm -hmm. only for these guys to go and do it digitally, digitally. and it makes no sense. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't... <laughs> there. I just can think of no logical reason yeah. why you would ever have CGI blood. No. I, I don't get it. And no. it doesn't look right. It yeah. never looks right. No, no. And so, you know, that's I guess that's one thing we can thank this movie for. Um, you know, the problem is is that we we couldn't enjoy those touches, those touches that um, added a certain level of veracity, right? The, the flames, the explosions, the blood, right? We did get, you know, really good-looking blood when people got shot and, uh, and things like that. The problem was we had so much plot that we were so bored to death that, like, the, the good things that we wanted from this film, you know, I mean, there were a couple of good fight scenes. There were a couple, you know, the, there was a couple of good shootout scenes. But, you know, we, we you know, we... And so many people. There were so many people. So and many so people. many name people. Yes. I mean, like I said, they had a great cast. Yeah. But the thing is, when you have that many name yeah. people in something like this, it yeah. just means that there's that much more stuff that's going to be going on. Exactly. And um, what the hell was the budget on this film is what I want to know. Because for them to pull off a cast like this, mm -hmm. for them to pull off the runtime like this, which, you know, yeah. the, the the locations and the settings and, right. and the explosions and... 
I mean, this must have had a really huge budget. Yeah. Now, which makes it that much more of a shame that I was so bored. I know, because it's just like, and they said it was based on a book. Now, right, books can yeah. get away with the kind of plot exposition. Books can get away with the kind of slower rolling beginning that um, movies can't get away with. Movies can't, you can't, I think that's part of the reason why it's always difficult to really make a good film adaptation of, of a book. You know, it can, it's been done. Um, you know, I think of The Grapes of Wrath was a really good one, but that's a whole different animal compared to when you're trying to um, adapt an, uh, a book that I guess was maybe action-based or was supposed to be maybe kind of... It's, uh, yeah, it's Point of Impact by Stephen Hunter right. was the, the book that this was based on. And, yeah, I mean, I, I picture it... I mean, I've never read it, but I, I picture it as being, uh, well, basically a, a, like a conspiracy action thriller book, you know, like yeah. a born identity kind of thing. Clancy-esque, you know. Um, and... So yeah, I mean, a, a book can get away with all that, with all of that if it's yeah. well written. Yes. But then when you try to cram it all into a, f I mean, it's clear that it was difficult to cram it all in because yeah. they had to make it two hours long. Yes. Yeah. But and I don't mind it. I personally don't mind a two-hour-long film if I'm entertained the entire time. Yeah. But I just really and it's, and I actually really like Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. I enjoy him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see him this much at one time. Yeah, that's it, what I discovered watching this film is because is, whenever during whenever he was doing <laughs> things where he wasn't talking, right. then it was fine. Yes. Then he would have some dialogue, and I was like, oh. "Oh, don't do that." Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's just you know. And, and the other thing too is like you know like where is like you know, you think of somebody walking like a marine or somebody who like walks like a soldier you notice like that he walked like he did uh, he was doing good vibrations you know he's like walking up the set of good vibrations or something like he had a little bit of a strut to the way he walked you know and the shoulders kind of dipped a little bit you know um it the whole thing you know it, i it, it 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 is funny like him like rattling off like military speak um like you know, with with the Dorchester accent, like he's supposed to know what he's talking about, where it's like it kind of feels like um I don't know like um Richard Gere in a, a Kurosawa film where he was like speaking Sp uh, Japanese phonetically, yeah. yeah, like he's doing a great job speaking Japanese, but you can tell he doesn't know what he's saying. Right. Yeah, and you know he he didn't know he didn't know what he was. There and there were several scenes where he is where Wahlberg was just spewing stuff, <laughs> and I keep getting distracted by yeah. his delivery yes and yeah. i'm constantly distracted by that and and it keeps taking me back to the one character that i think it actually worked for was when he was in fear i was gonna say fear um and and that i think he was brilliant in that film but, yeah. but it, it as it turns out he wasn't really that's just how he is yeah. You know, and so, but it <laughs> yes. just happened to work really well for that character. Yes. So, but now, like watching this, I kept thinking of that character. I'm like, this is the same guy. Is just saying different stuff. It, exactly. <laughs> he's always the guy from Fear, no matter what film he's in. It, the big line from that one, I remember, I taped that one off a of pay per view when I was in college. <laughs> and I showed it to my friends because I thought it was such a funny movie. And there's that one scene where he's about to kill. Um, I, I can't remember the guy's name, the actor that played the father. In the film. Oh, William Peterson. William Peterson. He's about to kill him, and he goes, Daddy, you will forever hold your peace. And we would just say that. We would say that to each other all the time. We're like, Daddy, you will forever hold your peace. And then um, Reese Witherspoon stabs him in the back with that pipe thing, and he has this look on his face like somebody like did something, like he smelled something funny. Like he had this kind of like, woo, kind of face. And we would play that in slow motion afterwards. You know, it's just like. 
there came your accent. There was afterwards. Yeah, I did a little <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, I really love Fear. I love That's a that great movie. one. It's yeah. Fun movie for me. But, oh, Alyssa but Milano. I can't help it whenever I hear him like yeah. try to be, and it's always when he tries to be. Uh, yes. Serious. Yes. You no, know, like he's trying to. I'm trying to seriously deliver. Yeah. This, this bit of dialogue here. No. It immediately takes me back to that film. Because that's exactly his acting has yeah. not changed. No, from there to this, it oh. has not. The, there's this comedian, uh, Daniel Van or Dan Van Kirk, who um he works with the Sklar brothers a lot. Um, like he does their podcasts and everything. Um, and he does. He's from he's from Chicago actually. He's not anywhere near Boston, but he does the best Mark Wahlberg impression. He's hilarious. Um, so he he'll do this routine where he he used to do this routine for them where he would call their show and leave a message, and it was almost like he was leaving a video diary as Mark Wahlberg, you know, and he'd be like, yeah, I was in the story of the day, and I saw this guy, and I was like, I know what you're doing, he was wearing sweatpants, I knew he was trying to steal something, so I went up to him, and I said, sir, I know what you're doing, I know what you're trying to do, and he looked at me, and he left, and it's like, that's the end of it, that's the whole thing, and he says like tons of, them. they had a, the Mark Wahlberg, so Dan, he sounded just like him in fear, that's exactly what he so you think I could get a role on CSI sometime? I wanted to be on that show. <laughs> I could be a murderer. I could be a dead body if you want. <laughs> Danny Glover? Really I don't know if I should trust Danny Glover. <laughs> I mean, I really liked him in the Predator movie, but in those Lethal Weapon films, he was really good and stuff, but I just kind of feel like I shouldn't trust him. He, he's been a little too close to my dog. I think I might have to shoot him. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, his range. Woo. Yes. Oh boy. He, yep. Mark Wahlberg. That being said, well, I it, funnily I just said I enjoy him, and then uh, you know after there you all go. that, then I'm starting to think, do I really? Do yeah. I do really I enjoy him? I you enjoy the idea of him. That's what it is. That, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Ryan said you gotta add "Hey bro" every other sentence. Yeah. <laughs> hey bro. Hey bro. <laughs> Remember when the, the police officer? He noticed the police officer's gun was open, like the the thing, the holster thing was open. Mm-hmm. Like, Why well, you got your holster open there? What are you gonna try to shoot someone? What are you doing? What are you doing <laughs> with that? Hey, bro, don't you want to lock that? I think you want to lock that, don't you? <laughs> oh, look at the weather's the weather's really nice right now. I think the the wind might be perfect. I think he's gonna try to shoot him now. Yeah, you should get out there, go to the church or something. He's gonna try and shoot him now, Danny Glover. Danny Glover, <laughs> he's gonna try and shoot him now. <laughs> Don't give him words to say with ERs on the end. Don't do it. No, no, the ERs, the ERs don't work. He's just, you know, oh my God, yes. And yeah, I, I would love to see some interviews with him talking about Donnie and Donnie marrying uh, Jenny McCarthy. Do you ever watch The Wahlburgers? No, I haven't. No, I've heard about it, but I've never watched I, it. I didn't even know the show existed, but apparently <laughs> the, it's won Emmys and last season. And I was like, when I saw commercials for it this season, I was like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. But uh, so apparently it is not only it was not only on, but it won Emmys. Yes. I didn't even know it existed, but um, so I've been it's won Emmys for it, and oh. it's just the, the brothers talking with each other. Yeah. What, what, do you, what, what do you want on that burger? <laughs> we do burgers. What do we do? We, we do burgers. You want? You want? We want, we want to put on that burger. I didn't know that even existed. Look at him. That's hilarious. I don't. I don't know if you, your kids should eat those burgers, Jenny McCarthy, because they aren't. They haven't been vaccinated. You never know what's in these burgers. You're gonna give them autism. You might give them autism. <laughs> these burgers might give your kids autism. 
yeah, Mark Wahlberg with serious dialogue yes, does not work. Doesn't work. And, it doesn't and work. Now, now, that's bringing us back to the Blood Fist thing. You know, serious dialogue with uh, Don the Dragon Wilson also never works. So you know what the Blood Fist movies did? They cut they it out. Action. They had action. You know who produced the Blood Fist movies was Roger Corman. So that kind of tells you, you know, a guy who knows what he's doing with movies. Well, you know, he knows what sells. Yeah. He knows that people like tits. He knows that he knows that people like action. He knows that people like blood, and um, that's what he's gonna. Yeah. That's what he's gonna give them. He's not gonna waste their time with plot. Yeah. No. <laughs> when I mean, and you know. Please don't get the impression that I don't like films with plot. That's not what's going on here. It's no, just I that, agree. It's got to be I good mean, plot. We, this is something we have discussed at length yeah. on this show. And it's like if you want to have an entertaining action film, then yeah. you can't have too much plot because no. it just it drags down the action. Yeah. It slows everything down. And when you have this many people and this many this much stuff going on, all these it gets moving really parts, confusing. Oh. And then it just it becomes muddled. Yeah. And I, mean, I think that's exactly what happened well, here. Well, that's it the thing. Muddled. Yeah, I mean, we're watching a Marky Mark w- movie, but instead we've got all our scenes for the huge chunk of the middle are just Marky Mark, like, you know, tending to his wounds, while Michael Pena, who we didn't sign on for, we Michael Pena is a great guy, but we didn't sign on for scenes of him doing detective work. And, and it wasn't even really detective work, it was in office like looking at computers and laying on the floor drinking coffee early in the morning detective work. It wasn't even like he was hitting the pavement or talking to anybody. So, you know, it was that th- the whole thing, all the plot was just so sautéed in wrong sauce that it was just it, none of it worked. Sautéed in wrong sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Danny Glover. Oh doing god. A lot of this. Oh, he was he was getting too old for that shit. He was. Oh. <laughs> God. See, and Ned Beatty going, fuck you! Yes, oh, Ned Beatty was just like, don't, no, he was probably, he, I wonder if he had in his contract, no squeal like a pig boy jokes on the set. Like, that's, yeah, I'll do your movie, but you can't be making, you know, no no squeal like a pig jokes and no Roseanne well, references. Well, get drunk. That's right. Hell yeah, I'll get drunk. Yes. <laughs> oh, and man. And if I had known, I would have gotten drunk too. Yes. And then maybe I would have. Mm-hmm. Not thought that two-hour runtime was so draggy. Yes, yes. And, and you know, and it's not even like it's a bad. I don't think the plot is bad. I don't think it's a it's a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad story. I think it was just too much. It was too much. It was too much. There was a lot that needed to go. There was so much of that that could have gone. I mean, we, you know. I'm trying to think where we'd start with cutting things out. I mean, obviously the end, we could have ended that movie right there on the mountainside. That would have been enough. That would have been fine with me. You know, we, that was 20 minutes right there. We we didn't need, you know, if we were going to do the whole thing, if you want to have Kate Mara in the film, you collapse her character in with Michael Pena's character and put them together. You know what I mean? If you need to have a female character to work with Mark Wahlberg, you just collapse her right in there with with Michael Pena, and now she's a detective. You could have actually just had Rona Mitra play both of those roles, and she would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, so I, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of things there that were going on. You know, he didn't need to have that many wounds. You know, how, we're fine watching an action film with a guy who gets a, a, a flesh wound on the shoulder and can do any. You know, we're fine with people getting shot in the legs and they can walk on them five minutes later. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
We're fine with people getting hung up by their calves and then being able to run three miles through the woods after. We are. We, <laughs> yes, we were perfectly fine with that. There was nothing wrong with that. You know, and especially a man in his 70s, which I don't know. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It, 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 you know, after we know that he's been set up, after right. we know that this whole thing was mm-hmm. a like a conspiracy i don't feel like we needed to know every little no. single in and out of why no you're right you know? you're absolutely I didn't right need to go into why yeah. the, this um the ethiopian not ethiopian was he ethiopian the the zimbabwe i don't you know they they, they didn't know where they were um when you talk about oil in africa it should have been like nigeria or something like that but they were they didn't know where they were um they were supposed to be in ethiopia but none of the people in the film were ethiopian um, so they, I don't think they knew where they were. Who was the guy that actually got assassinated instead of the president? He, where was he, he, he was, was supposed to, yeah, I, I want to say he was from Zimbabwe, but I could be wrong about that. Okay, well, we didn't, yeah. I didn't personally need to know no. every second of why yeah. he was actually, because that didn't matter to me, because it no. just, the point was that he was. Yeah. You know, and I, so I didn't need to, to. Yeah. <laughs> I just I didn't need to know as much as they fed me. No, no, it was it was too much. Was way before they're still shoving the spoon down my throat, and I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, the the Wahlburger. Don't you're like, no, I don't need that. You come on, eat another Wahlburger. Come on, you only had one. It's Wafa thing. <laughs> you can't you can't come here to Dorchester and get one Wahlburger. You got to have at least two. <laughs> we can't have you here. Just have one. Come on, Danny Glover. Danny Glover, you got to have at least three Wahlburgers. You're a big boy. You can have them. Get too old for this shit. <laughs> Get too old. I wanted the Predator to come in and save us. See, imagine if instead of Ned Beatty, it was the Predator, or maybe a Predator played by Ned Beatty, who was the combined behind the whole conspiracy. See, that would have been interesting. Yeah, and that, I. And then the Doggy Adventure film. Put that together. The Doggy Adventure film. Jen was on point with that one. She, because I, I told her I was like, he abandons his dog, and she's like, what? You leave him. She's like, what if? And she described like you know, because you can see him like getting out there in the woods, kind of going around, and then he sees the other dogs that are out there, you know, and suddenly they all band together. And she was saying they band together and they get Wahlberg because he left them, you know. But maybe they save Wahlberg. Why? He left them. Yeah. Because because <laughs> he's loyal. He's a loyal friend. Yeah, because dogs do that. Yeah. <laughs> he was the Ethiopian archbishop. That's yes, what that's what it was. And he wasn't from Ethiopia. None of those people were Ethiopian. <laughs> oh. They weren't. They weren't, you know. And the thing is, like, now, I know some, some, I thought that some of them were supposed to be Somali, and I wasn't sure. And so I was thinking, like, well, you know, if you really need extras that bad, you could go to Lewiston, Maine, or Portland, Maine. There are large Somali communities there, and I'm sure they wouldn't have minded being in a Mark Mark film, you know. Um, But, you know, I mean, you can't just, you know, like. You could have even just filmed it in Maine and called it Philadelphia. Called it Philadelphia, you know. No one would know the difference. No. No, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, so so I think we're this one is a resounding no, right? We're giving this one a resounding no. I'm just, you know, uh, no. <laughs> it's a slog. Yeah. It really is. I I just felt like it was, it uh, yeah. it took a lot out of me. Yeah, <laughs> to, it was to make it through. And I don't, I wouldn't blame anyone if they told me that they started watching it and they just said forget it because that's yeah. you know interestingly though it has. The average rating on Netflix is three and a half stars. Ugh. So I was actually expecting uh, some, you know, excitement. Yeah. I just didn't really, I didn't really get a whole lot of that. No, and no. So yeah, I'm saying, I, for people who listen to this show, 
who are likely action fans, yeah, you know, and want some action in their action films, yeah. <laughs> then um, I'd say you're okay if you leave this one alone. Yeah, and I think anybody that sees the cast, because like you said, this is a very um, enticing cast that we have here. Um, also, you know, stay away. You know, you, you want Danny Glover? Watch Predator 2. You know, you want Mark Wahlberg? Check out Fear, you know. Look at Ryan. It's said, guy. It's the same guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Ryan just said, come on, bro. You know you like the movie, bro. Come on. Come on. Help me, help me, help me with my movie. Oh my God, Mark Wahlberg. So, so we're giving we're giving Mr. Wahlberg a no here. Well, we got about five minutes left. Um, Jamie, do you want to tell us you have any projects coming up that you're working on? Anything uh, down coming up coming on coming down the pike? I guess is what I want to say. Sure. Um, well, currently I am. Uh, we're still going through. Well, actually, the the first episode of the, our Friday the Thirteenth retrospective was just released for Devour the Podcast. Okay. I am right smack in the middle of doing a Phantasm retrospective on Grave Shift Radio, where I'm just I'm a guest. Uh, but that's a really fun show. It's a manly man show. If, uh, <laughs> if you want to yes. check that out, those guys are great. Um, that's Ryan, John, and Bo, and uh, we're doing simultaneously. We're doing uh, a Phantasm retrospective mm-hmm. and a Nature Gone Amok retrospective. So we have recorded the first two episodes. So episode one was Phantasm mm. and uh, Day of the Animals, and then the second episode was Phantasm Two and Grizzly. Mm. So and I love Nature Gone Amok films, and I love the Phantasm series. So that's that's a pretty fun show if people want to check that out. Um, on Skeleton Crew, we just did. Uh, we're about to release reviews of Oculus mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> Cabin Fever Three, Patient Zero. <laughs> Excellent. That's a mess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I can imagine. I gotta give it to them though. They ha- they give you the gore. Like they yep. go straight for the gore on that one. But if you're looking for anything more than that, I mean, if you want to see two. Two women infected with a flesh-eating virus having a fight on a beach mm. and to the point that one of them's arms just fall off mid-fight, mm. then that's the movie for you. Yeah. Sounds, you know, sounds, if sounds, you're looking for something deeper than that, don't bother. But if you, know, if you want just the gore, then go for that. The, that sounds like um, a, a Seth MacFarlane quagmire joke on Family Guy. Like, <laughs> giggity giggity. Yeah. Ooh, um, Peter, yeah. I love play. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out the um, the archived version of my la- of any of the Insomniacs playlist, including last night's uh, where I played all songs from 1974. You can go to legionpodcast.com and look up the Insomniacs playlist, and you can get all of those. You can download all of those right from the site. Um, that one, unfortunately, is not on iTunes mm. because, um, well, because I, pl- I-, I assume that they they didn't actually tell me why they said no, but I'm going to. Oh, they said no because I play a lot of because the uh, music, you know, a lot of real music. Oh, okay. <laughs> like no, um, <laughs> so um, but if you so if you want to get those, then you just go to legionpodcast.com and you can. I have a really good time with that show, and so I think that people would get a kick out of it. Um, on evil episodes, we're about to talk about the Den, which is a movie on the net on Netflix, um, all about uh, internet. An internet predator. So, um, and then, can't even remember what the fuck else I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this show. And I was gonna say tonight. Are you gonna be on Crosstalk tonight? Do you do? Are you gonna do your call in tonight or? Yeah, I usually do. Um, John usually 
calls me, and I have no idea what we're ever going to talk about. Uh, he just throws stuff at me, and, and I anticipate I will be doing that tonight as well. Yeah, I listened to last week's Crosstalk while well, we got a minute or so left here, and um, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. You, you, I know you called in. Um, so listen to – definitely you've got John coming up here uh, right after this with music, um, and then what have we got? Wrestling and Crosstalk? I presume that's what the lineup I is. I actually am not 100% sure tonight, but it, I think that that's what it is. All right, excellent. So check all of those out. Now, um, also you can get a hold of me at DTV Connoisseur um, on Twitter. Also, my blog is uh, Matt Movie Guy. I'm hoping to update, do another post for you soon. I'm, hope, I'm halfway through the images on Ninja 2, so hopefully we're going to get there. Um, and Jamie, you can check Jamie out on Twitter at Maven1974. So thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a great week. Yeah, see you next week. All right, goodbye, everyone. the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.